Thank you, Sarah. All right, well, again, my name is Adam. Um, my wife, Tara, and I run the youth ministry here at New Day. We just want to welcome you to our service this morning. Uh, this week, our senior pastor is in Japan, uh, which is why he's not here this morning. Our Japan team is having a great time over there. Some of you guys may have heard some updates. Um, we actually have a video that we're going to share uh, later on in the service so you guys can um, hear about everything that's going on with them. It's exciting, good times. They are going to be coming back tomorrow evening, I believe. Is that right? Yes, tomorrow evening. The Japan team will be back, so that will be exciting to hear about that next week. Um, so that means for us that we're going to continue having guest ministry here. And um, many of you guys will know, uh, know Ron and Kim Sipsick, and uh, Ron's going to be sharing with us this morning. And for those of you guys that don't know, um, before we had the uh, Jones Church Plant in South Carolina, New Day had a church plant in Grand Rapids that Ron and Kim did five over five years ago now. Five and a quarter years. Uh, they planted a church up in, in Grand Rapids, Grand River Church, and God's really been blessing that. It's been really good. Uh, Ron and Kim were pillars of this church for many years. Um, Kim actually was my Sunday school teacher uh, at one point, and Ron was my softball coach when I was a teenager. So, um, yeah, I've known these guys for a really long time, so let's give them a, a warm welcome as we invite them up to share today's word. Good morning. I just wanted to say uh, greetings from Grand Rapids. We love the Mother Church. The Mother Church. <laughs> yeah, it, I just want to commend you for sending out the Jones Church Plant because... You guys are, this, this body right here, this local body, that says that you're all about the kingdom of God. And you're all about wanting to do what the Father is leading you to do. And I can only say, you know, that, that last song we said, Father, fire fall down, we pray. And I've, I've read in a commentary that prayer is the language of our dependence on God. And I can tell you that since we have planted this church in Grand Rapids, my prayer language <laughs> has increased because I have realized my dependence on God even more. But it's not just that I've realized how dependent I am. It's that I've realized how faithful he is. And not that I didn't realize that when I was here. But when you step out and do something that you've never done before, all of a sudden you're like, Father. And he's like, I'm right here. And he does all these wonderful things. And you just grow in the revelation of his goodness and his grace and his salvation and his love. And so I just want to thank you for um, pushing us out of the nest. <laughs> because my faith in God and my enjoyment in being a Christian has just so grown and increased. And not that it, you know, I mean, it can do that for whoever. But wherever the Lord leads you, go. And so the Joneses now have stepped out and they have this opportunity. I'm sure that their uh, prayer understanding of prayer and that language of their dependence on God is increasing. So their faith in God is increasing, which means God is all that more famous because they're doing something that they couldn't do on their own strength. They're relying on him. So, oh, sure. I was just, uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by the message Bible. This is from Colossians 1. Christ holds it all together. We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything he created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him. 
and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this very moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everyone, everything. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. That's good. Go, brother. <laughs> I love her. It's, it's really good to be married to someone um, who loves Jesus. You know what I mean? Husbands, you want your wives really intoxicated with Jesus. And wives, you want your husbands intoxicated with Jesus. Just just say amen or yeah, I agree or something. Um, the real key to marriage is to stay, to keep each partner has to keep their eyes on Jesus. I'm trying to use my my uh, iPhone today as my Bible. Yeah, and she she got me off track here. So this is an excuse for the technically deficient. But um, Marriage, marriage is one of the most challenging things to pull off today. It's incredibly difficult to be married today and to stay married. A marriage is not valued today. And I don't really know why I'm talking about this. This might be for someone here today. But what really keeps you on fire for your partner is a fire for Jesus. And uh, I know that Jesus loves my wife a lot better and a lot more than I do. And I know that Jesus loves me a lot more than Kim could ever love me, though she loves me a lot. And so what we have found is as we connect vertically with Jesus, as I connect with him and as she connects with him, the passion and the love of God flow through us to each other. And I want to tell you, it's more important if you're married that you have a good marriage than you have a good ministry in life. Let me suggest to you that your ministry is only authentic if it's happening in the home first. If it's not happening in the, in the home, it isn't going to happen outside the home. You can be gifted. You can have great powers from God. But if you do not have the love of God flowing in your marriage and in your family, it's all for naught. It is. And so I want to just, uh, for whatever it's worth, I want to bless your marriages. And I'd like to just ask Jesus to uh, just to pour down a fresh blessing upon your marriages. Father, I just thank you for the institution of marriage, and I thank you that you came up with the idea that your image is made most evident when a man and woman come together and manifest this, some, this unity, this oneness, two individuals becoming one, and I thank you, Father, for the marriages in this house and the families in this house. I pray you would strengthen them and light them on fire. I pray that there would be even more passion, husbands for wives and wives for husbands in this house. And, Father, I pray that you would bring broken families here. 
And they would be able to see the love of God manifested in the most practical way in the marriages of this house and this this church. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. (laughs) Well, that was uh, that was an accident. That was an accidental prayer. I didn't plan on praying that today, but that's for somebody here. And um, I just want to kind of echo Kim's comments that you've done a very good work to send the Joneses out. I know it's very hard. They were very key in this church. I know also they were, they were tremendous gatherers. Many of you actually looked to them and actually really connected with this church through them. But it's very wise of you to send them out. It's very wise of you to bless that and support that. And it's very wise for you to move on in great faith that God's going to continue to do something amazing here. You've got a great team here. Um, there's lots of changes. I mean, when I walked in this morning, I didn't realize you had moved the stage from over there to here. I haven't been here in a while. Awesome change. But, it's, but the church is not buildings and meetings. The church is people connected vitally in a life-giving way to Jesus. And as you, you send the Joneses out, who you're sending out your best. I mean, it's not that... It's not like this hierarchy. They're up here and we're down here. But they were ready to go out and do something like that. They were ripe. And you sent them out. And there's going to be a tremendous blessing in South Carolina. But what you've done is you've also made more room for growth here. Have you heard the mantra of the political elections? Change. Change. Now, whatever you think about Obama, he has picked up on something. He has picked up on something. It's not really that profound because life is always changing. Life is always moving. We're in this great river of history. God is moving things towards something. There's a great consummation of the age. There's a great ending that we're heading to. And I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetime or when it's going to happen, but I want to tell you, you're part of a story, a God story. You're part of a great unfolding in, in your willingness to send out the Joneses and to bless that and to, to kind of pick up where they left off and to carry the ball further is tremendous. We are, we are sh- uh, shocked by what God is doing in Grand Rapids. God's actually saving people. He's actually... He's actually taking Christians that have kind of gotten old and crusty and he's making them kind of new again. And uh, he's just doing stuff. And we take no credit for it. All we did is we, we, we obeyed and went up there. And uh, actually our, change is going through a tr- our church is going through a tremendous shift right now. We're actually finding out um, much more clearly who we are and why we were sent up there. For the first five years, we kind of were tr- trying to discover who we were. And it took us a few years to kind of get on message and to get uh, focused on what the goal is. But we're on message and we're on the goal now, and God is doing some really cool things. But there have been people that have come and left. There were people we started with who have gone. And not all of them, you know, left for, you know, because they disagreed with something or whatever. But the team you plant with is not the team you end up with. And so all this is... You know, we we got really connected to a lot of these people. And as pa- having pastor's hearts, it's really hard to let good people go. But they're gods. 
their gods. And some of them came and left, you know, to, to go on and do other things. And, and it was just wonderful. Some left because they didn't like what we were doing. But the point is, God is moving. God is changing. God is heading towards a goal. And I want to tell you, here's the bottom line. We love Jesus more than we've ever loved him before. And whether our church, you know, churches are all, local churches are all temporary wineskins. Am I talking louder? Is this just me? Is, is this okay? Is, am I too over the top? Okay. Because I get a little excited and I don't want to yell at you. Um, it's just, I'm excitable. But... Um, Churches are temporary wineskins. Every local church, in a hundred years, it's highly unlikely, if Jesus tarries and doesn't return, it's highly likely that New Day Community Church will not exist in 100 years. Now, don't get depressed about that, but it's true. Very few, and, and if a church lasts a hundred years, it's usually just a shadow of what it once was for a variety of reasons that I don't want to go into. But the point is, what makes us a family? What makes us a family is not the name on the door, not the building we meet in, not the programming, but it's because Jesus has done something in us and connected us in this hour. This is a unique people. This is a unique hour. This is a unique calling. You've been called together to be a unique people at a unique hour to, with a unique mission to re reach a unique people. Wow. You have been ordained in history to do something unique that no other group of people will ever do again. You are not copyable. This is not vanity. This isn't just hanging on to the end. There's something going on. And in a hundred years, if, again, uh, history continues in this realm as we know it, something else will be going on. But it's exciting. It's exciting to be part of the church. But churches are temporary wineskins, and they change. And, and I'm just so thankful. You know, I think of my human body. The, um, the, the blood that I have in me right now was this, is not the same blood I had in me 10 years ago. The blood I have in me right now is not even the same blood I haven't had in me a year ago. So the point I'm trying to make is things change and they, they may look the same, but even under the surface, they're changing. It's, it's exciting. Well, that's not what I wanted to preach on, but, um, and I realize I'm almost now out of time, but it's okay. You know, I, I hope that ministers to someone. It sure charges me up to think about that. I mean, I may walk out if you're very edified, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> you guys are all going, oh, yeah. but I'm jazzed. I'm jazzed. <laughs> It could be more than the coffee. Wow. Wow. We love you, Lord. Lord, pour out upon us today a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be open today to know the hope of your calling, to know the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and to know the exceeding greatness, Father, of your power which works in those of us who are called as Christians. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Wow. Open eyes today. Lord, I, you know that little feeling I had as I was driving down. I go, oh, Lord, let their hearts be warmed afresh for Jesus. Lord, let them walk away from the meeting, not because of the preaching, but because of you. Let them walk away from the meeting feeling warmer and hotter for you. And let them be a people that, 
want to make you famous in their city, not by what they necessarily say or how they necessarily dress or the music they listen to, but Lord, make them famous because when people meet them, Lord, let them meet you. Let them meet you through your people today. We pray. Amen. <laughs> Be warmed. Well, anyway, I, um, I'm going to minister out of Romans chapter 5. Do you guys have that up out of the New American Standard? If you have a Bible, I'm going to keep this real tight, uh, only two hours. I know Cameron likes to keep the, the uh, messages under two hours. So I'm going to keep this under two hours today. And uh, I know the children are in there with, with the Sunday school people. And uh, But I've prayed before I came that there would be divine grace and influence on the Sunday school people, that they would, that everyone in that room would go into trances. So I could be very verbose today and talk a long time. Whoa! Romans chapter 5, if you have your Bibles. By the way, I'm a big believer in Bibles, even Bibles on iPhones. Uh you are going to be a malnourished, weak Christian if you don't read your Bible. By the way, reading your Bible gets you no closer to salvation. You are saved by the blood of Jesus. Reading your Bible does not make you holier than thou. Reading your Bible doesn't give you extra spiritual brownie points or, you know, uh, awards in heaven. The, read, the reason you read the Bible is the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He wrote the book. He likes to speak to his people through the book. So all of hell is arrayed against you to read the book. All of hell wants you to forget about the book. But get into the book, even if it at times feels boring Get into the book and ask the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of your understanding. And guess what he'll do? He'll get you drunk. He'll get you intoxicated. You'll have experiences. Yes, experiences in the word of God. You will. All right. So let's have an experience today in the word of God. Is this all right? Am I doing okay? Is this is the front row people here? How are the front row people doing? Just give me, just give me a little amen now and I can go on. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Romans chapter one, or Romans chapter five, verse one, by entering through faith into what God has always wanted. Is that right? Yeah, I know. But oh, OK, no, this this is all right. This is good. This is just. Oh, oh, I see what you did on me. You switched translations on me, didn't you, dear? Oh, OK. Thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. You know, you are not justified just by faith. It's not faith in faith. <laughs> It's faith in what Jesus did at the cross. I'll get to that in a minute. But it's not just that you believe. It's what you believe in that makes you a Christian. You actually believe that Jesus died on a cross for your sins. We'll get to that. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll read it again to you. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith 
into this grace, into this divine influence in which we stand. And we exalt, we rejoice, we proclaim excitement in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. We actually rejoice in our tribulations. We actually look at our tribulations as something good, as something to be embraced. (laughs) But we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope and hope does not disappoint Because the love of God, here it comes, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. There's a Bible translation out there by a guy named Moffat. He wrote this back in the uh, early 1900s. But Moffat says that God has flooded our hearts with the love of God. He's flooded our hearts. We're the flooded people. We're the fat people. We're the soaked people. What are we soaked in? We're soaked in the love of God. I have no problem, uh, you know, singing metaphorically about rain, but I do want to tell you the rain has already come. Now, you're going to ask for more. There's there's always more prayers in the scripture. And I love it when we sing about more. Those were more. That was a more song. Lord, give us more. But let me tell you, the rain has already come. The, the riverbeds are already full. Whoa. By the way, it's important you believe that it's important that you actually believe, despite how you feel, despite how the circumstances are, that God is here. Is God here today? He is. Now, here comes the proof text. That putteth. Where does that word come from? Oh, oh, okay. That's okay. Putteth. Uh, Is that putteth? Uh is that the golf translation? <laughs> and hope putteth, not to shame. That's what I used to do on the golf course. <laughs> hope that I would not putteth unto shame. <laughs> Amen. That's a word. I need to get back into golf. <laughs> I haven't had time to golf since we planted the church. But I think that's a word from God that I need to get equipment and golf this year. For while we were... Okay, this is uh, this is out of the New American Standard, not the golf version. Honey, your your uh, phone just your phone just went quiet on me. Uh, I'm good. I'm back. I'm back, baby. I'm back. I'm back online. For (laughs) whoo. For while we were still helpless, say helpless. Turn to someone and say, you were helpless. That's not a prophecy. You're not prophesying that. You're simply stating the fact. You were helpless. For while we were still helpless at the right time, turn to someone and say, at the right time. Come on, mean it. Mean it. Don't just go through the motions. At the right time, at the right time, God is never early or late. Have you noticed? He doesn't go on our time horizons, but he's. He's at the right time. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
Much more than having now been justified by his blood. I told you it was in the Bible. It's not justified by faith. It's justified by his blood. Right there it is in verse 9 of chapter 5. Yes, it's in the golf Bible too. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if I was thinking about preaching on wrath today, but I backed off, I was chicken. Just kidding. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, much more, much, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I want to just a couple simple ideas today. The most important thing that can happen to a person is that person know that God loves them. But I want to tell you, there's lots of lying going on out there. And there's lots of believing of lying going on out there. Of course, no one in this room, I'm sure, all of you believe always the truth. But just in case you're ministering to someone who has this problem, keep this in mind that many, many people fall off the mark and begin to believe the lie that God doesn't love them because of their circumstances circumstances are the great they they are the great challenges of life actually life is a laboratory into which you've been put so you could actually prove to the world that god has done something unique in you you realize that you have not been removed from the world you've been left in the world to prove god right to prove him famous to make him famous You go, that's a lot of pressure. I know, but he does it through you. You just have to stand in the battle. You just have to stand and look at the circumstances and not believe the lie. Come on, church. You've got to look. Life keeps coming at you. And I want to tell you, most of what comes at you is not quite what you expected and even wanted. But I want to tell you what makes you different from everyone else is the fact that God lives in you. And therefore, you will not be moved. You will not be moved only because he is not moved by that. Now, that's not the message, but that was for somebody. Here's the point. The number one way that you know that God loves you is not based on circumstances, feelings, angelic visitations, gold dust in meetings, Or whatever. The number one way that you know that God loves you is 2,000 years ago. He died for a helpless, godless, sinning enemy of Jesus. And just say, that was me. That was me. If If you have come into the kingdom thinking you're pretty good, you're really diabolical. Because all of us were God-haters. Even those of us who were raised... Now listen, be careful here. But even those of us who were raised in Christian homes have to come to a point where we have to realize He is Lord and we're not. And there's something in all of us by nature that is opposed to the idea of Jesus actually being the Lord of me and everything else. Just say amen. So God had to do something to you to make you a Christian. He had to do you. He had to do something to you. And he did it. He did it. 
you didn't. And that's what that's a great thing to remember, because not only did he do it, he keeps doing it to you. He is your sustenance. He is your life. He is the reason you you're not only saved, but he's the reason you are held in salvation. It's not just saved. It's being saved. Being saved doesn't mean that I'm, you know, being saved doesn't mean I need to keep being going back to keep um, having Jesus die for me. He's died for me once. I don't need to be died for again. He's died for me once. That's enough. But I need to believe and I need to keep believing and I need to even be held in that place of belief. The circumstances are working against you. The accusation is being made from the pit of hell. If God really loved you, why would he fill in the blank? Have you ever heard that sound? If God really loved you, why would he let X happen? Y happen? Z happen? That is an accusation from the pit of hell. Now, it's no problem. You heard it. You hear lots of things. You know, your antenna's up and lots of things are in the airwaves. But the key is to go back to what happened 2,000 years ago. God demonstrates his love, his love. By the way, if you actually study that out, this is agape, which is, which is a very special kind of love. It's not mentioned really anywhere in Greek literature. It's, it's not found extra Bible. It's a word that Paul and John really began to use. But this agape love is the God love. It's totally unconditional. It has nothing to do with you. In fact, I hate to offend you so early in the morning, but you were not saved because you had any intrinsic value. You were not saved because you were a cute little sinner. You were not saved because you had giftings that God might be able to appropriate on the platform. Maybe you were a great musician before you came into the kingdom, but God really, oh, what a, what a, what a benefit you are to the kingdom of God because you can play guitar. Oh, we need to get you saved so you can glorify God with your gifting. God frankly doesn't need your gifting. <laughs> Let's get over it. He did not need us. He wanted us. And I'm telling you, that is a big difference. If he needs me, it's conditional. It's contractual. If he needs me, I'm always left in this place where I wonder, is he using me? Oh, if he needs me, I'm always left in this place. Is he really God if he needs something? If, he really, if he's really God, why does he need me? Oh, dear church, he doesn't need us. He wants us. He wants us. And he wanted us so much. Helpless, ungodly, sinners and enemies. That's what Paul said. Helpless, ungodly, sinners, enemies. I was going to get there, honey. We were in a position of actually being opposed to the living God. And he dies for us. That's love. I want to encourage you today, whatever you're going through. And by the way, if you're vertical and you're breathing, you're going through something. You go, oh, I didn't realize other people were going through it. Everybody in the world is going through it. But the difference is you have someone in you who can help you. And dear church, please, please do not look for other experiences 
Your experiences will let you down and God will let your experiences let you down. I've had amazing experiences. I've had visitations. I've had cool things happen. But I want to tell you, if I had to stand on my visions and my experiences with God, I would have fallen by now. What keeps me vertical is the revelation that God loves me and keeps loving me. And where I peer back to is I don't peer around me and I don't look into the future. I look back 2,000 years at a cross where Jesus died for me. And I wasn't even born. God, God actually created me knowing that I would do all these horrible things to him. God actually created me knowing I would foul up. Now, actually, he didn't. I mean, he created me indirectly through Adam. Actually, my mom and dad created me. If you really want to think it through. That God actually set up a chain reaction. And what he was after from the very beginning was a nation of holy people. But Adam and Eve fell. And so what did he get? He got a nation of sinners. Yeah. Which is, it was from this nation of sinners that he makes sons. So every person that's born into the world, God is aware how corrupt they are, how much their heart is turned from him. And even the little person that grows up in a Christian family who thinks, oh, I'm really good person. That is diabolical apart. I'm only good because of what? What Jesus has done where? On the cross. Please, please teach our children this. Teach them. You don't have to say to them, you're diabolical. That's not what I would say to them. But you, you don't want to you, you don't want to forget that they every one of them need to be saved. That little self in them that wants to rule the universe that needs to be actually removed. The hardened heart needs to be unplugged and a new living heart, a heart of flesh needs to be plugged in there. And this has to happen to every Christian. But dear saints, remember Remember, he loves you on the basis of what he did, not on the basis of what you have to do or what you have to surmount. God is making himself famous through you. I want to tell you, you're doing a great job. You're doing an awesome job. You go, I don't feel like I'm doing an awesome job. What do feelings have to do with it? What do feelings have to do with it? What? You feel crummy? It could be because you're not eating right. <laughs> it could be that you're not sleeping. You know, you get up, you're a little grouchy. It could be because your hormones are a little whacked out today. Give, give it up. Quit looking, divining the hormones. And, you know, God loves you. He's already proved it. Go back to the cross. Amen. Well, I could say more, but I think that's enough for today. I think we got the point across. Did you learn anything? I'm not interested in did you learn anything? Were you impacted? Don't say yes. You don't know yet. How we'll know, how we'll know is there will be, when that first temptation comes, you remember. Oh, I remember what Ron said. Look to the cross. God loves me. It doesn't matter if it looks like I'm going to hell in a handbasket. God loves me. Father, thank you so much. Father, I bless your people today. <laughs> Father, I ask you to, again, pour out upon us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, open the eyes of our hearts to know the hope of your wonderful calling. And, Father, I pray, I pray for opportunities to, 
to practice this this week, Lord. I pray for opportunities. I pray for tests. I pray, Lord, I pray for experiments. I pray for the laboratory to be in full operation this week where we're faced with the temptation to doubt God, whether God loves us or not. And we're able to look at the cross and say, God loves me. Father, I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. <laughs> that was great. I felt impacted. I don't know if I am yet, but I felt impacted. <laughs> I think just knowing that I am accepted, like I feel like I know that in a deeper way just from hearing those words, I'm accepted and that's all that matters. You know how I jack up this thing? I can't do it this morning. <laughs> the words feel so far away since I'm so tall. All right, so I want to welcome any guests that are here with us today. Um, if, if you are a first-time guest, we'd like you to please fill out this Let's Communicate card that came attached to your bulletin and then bring it to the connection counter after service today because there is a gift from us to you we would love for you to have to thank you for coming. Okay, we just have a couple of announcements. Uh, tomorrow night we have Kingdom Experience. Uh, which is at 7 p.m., and we're going to have a great time of just worshiping God and soaking in his presence and enjoying what God does with us, and uh, it's going to be a good time for pressing in. Also, today after the service in the family room, you can get your angel food orders uh, made for November. Uh, Dave and Pat are going to be taking those today, and um, there's only three Sundays, isn't that right? Three Sundays for November, so that's starting today that you can order. Um, also, uh, Bill and Mary Lee are passing out fusion schedules for the fusion team at the connection counter. You can get yours. Please don't forget to do that today. And then also we just have this quick little photo of, uh, Scott Jones in South Carolina. And this is just a kind of a shot of their first meeting. It was at their elementary school, um, at the 1st of October this next week. This next weekend, they're having their, their second meeting, and they are um, praying. And so I just wanted to kind of throw this out just to be praying for them this week because they currently have uh, not a lot of people to help them facilitate their next meeting. And so we're believing for a miracle for people to help them out, you know, just volunteers to, to go ahead. And um, they need, you know, instruments and worship, you know, team people and, you know, prayer team, prophetic team and, you know, just people to do things. So we'll just be praying for them this week so they can get that. And um, all right. So guess what? Our, our chunk of our church is in Japan right now, and they are heading home. They'll be back tomorrow night, and we have a little video from their um, trip. And what I've heard is that they've had an amazing time and that there's been at least three salvations, which is great. Um, and so let's watch this video.